Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. The title of my theme uh, tonight is called The Rewards of the Diligence Seeker. The Rewards of the Diligence Seeker. As you are well aware of, last Sunday I gave you eight reasons as to why every believer should diligently study the subject of faith and become well acquainted with what the Bible has to say about it. Reason number one, faith pleases God according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible, the Bible says, to please God. Therefore, I want to please Him. That is why we study the subject of faith. I know that when I got hold of the revelation of faith and how faith works, it has revolutionized my entire spiritual walk. Reason number two, the Bible says that faith overcomes the world. So the fight of faith is one that we always win. Reason number three, Hebrews chapter 11 says that faith gives substance to my hopes and my dreams in the Lord. In other words, faith enables me to see my dreams and my hopes in God come true and materialize. And I can testify over a 45-year walk with the Lord that everything I am today and everything I have in the Lord came through my faith in God. Through faith. Many of my dreams and many of my hopes in the Lord have come to pass, and I thank God for it. Reason number four, faith assures me of things that I cannot see with my physical eyes and I cannot feel with my physical senses. It assures me of things that are given to me by the Lord through the sacrifice of Jesus. For example, None of us can see God, but through faith we believe that He is and He rewards those who diligently seek Him. I know that I'm a child of God, and you know it. If you've been born again, you have a knowledge deep down within that you are a child of God, your sins are forgiven, not because you feel it but because you believe it. So through faith, we can be assured of things that are not seen. Reason number five, there is no defeat in the realm of faith. No darkness, no lack, and no limitations. Faith in God releases us from our human limitations and empowers us to do all things 
through Christ who strengthens us. That's what the Bible says. Reason number six. The Bible teaches that whatever is not of faith is sin. That means that anything that does not originate or inspired by faith is unacceptable with God. Reason number seven, we cannot receive anything from God without faith. In other words, faith is the designated channel in receiving from God what he promised us. Remember that Jesus said, according to your faith, be it done unto you. So we see here that it is according to every single one's faith. According to our faith, we receive from God. And not someone else's faith, not even according to God's power or ability. In other words, the measure we receive from God depends on our faith. Reason number eight, scripture says, the just shall live by faith. That means those who have been justified through the blood of Jesus. In other words, the born again believers are to live by faith. The kind of life that God has purchased for each and every one of us cannot be lived outside of the realm of faith. So giving you these eight compelling reasons as to why we should diligently study the subject or to convince you that if we desire to grow in the Lord and advance in the kingdom of God, there is no other way to do it except by faith. The Bible, especially the New Testament, has a lot to say about faith. In fact, if you are a diligent student of the Word of God, you will know that a whole chapter has been written about those who through faith had done great and wonderful things through God. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, having said that and laying the platform for what I want to share with you today, we want to take a closer look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. So if you have your Bibles with you, open them, please, to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. This is what the New King James Version says. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. To walk in God's pleasure according to the word of God, one must believe that God is. Let me explain that. Not only that he does exist, but that he is all that he says in his word he is you understand that we must not only believe that god exists but we must believe everything the word of god says about god in other words about his nature and about his character the word of god has a lot to say about god's nature and god's attributes for instance 
let me, uh, from, from my own experience in dealing with people, especially unbelievers, most people's opinion about God is formed by their own experiences in life. And those experiences are mostly negative. Or it is formed by other people's opinion about God. And the reason being is that the devil has managed throughout the ages to persuade mankind that God does not exist. And even if he does exist, he does not care about them. He has painted a picture in the mind of the unbeliever that God is one who is angry, one who is unjust, one who is unloving. That's the kind of God the world knows. Unless this image is changed and replaced with the truth about God's nature and character, faith in God will be an impossibility. Why would they believe in a God who don't believe he cares for them? They don't believe he loves them. Why would they come to him? So this is the battle in the mind of men. That's what the devil has managed to do throughout the ages. He has darkened the mind of men and hidden the true image of God from them by painting a negative image of who God is. That is why the word of God says when we come to God, we must believe that he is, but we must also believe that he is loving and kind and forgiving and generous and gentle and merciful and gracious. That's what gives birth to faith. Now, in order for that false image to change, one has to receive the revelation of who God is, and that can only take place by the Holy Spirit, by the revelation of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, the Word of God says that the Spirit of God is the only one who knows the things of God. Therefore, if we want to know what God is like, we need to get well acquainted with the Holy Spirit to have a genuine real intimate relationship with the person of the spirit because he is the only one who knows the nature, the character, the will, the ways, and the mind of God. Now, the good news is that the Holy Spirit inspired men to write the Bible, the word of God. The Bible says that the Bible is the inspired word of God. Man of old, were inspired by the Spirit of God to write about God and to tell us what God is like. Now, when Moses asked God to show him his glory, you remember how God responded? He responded to him by proclaiming his goodness and his attributes. Moses recorded this marvelous revelation about God, and it's found in Genesis chapter 34, verses 6 and 7. So if we want to know what God is like, the Word has given us um, 
revelation of what God is like. He has uh, revealed his will to us, his nature, his goodness and his kindness. This is what the Lord said to Moses when Moses cried out to God and he said, Lord, show me your glory. And this is what Exodus 34, verse 6 and 7 says. And the Lord passed before him, that is Moses, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and by no means declaring or clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Here we see the nature of God, the attributes of God, what he is like. Notice what the Lord revealed to Moses, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands and forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. That's who our Heavenly Father is. Amen. The Bible also says very clear that God is love. 1 John chapter 4 verse 8 says, He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God doesn't have, have love. He is love. That's his nature. He cannot but love you and me. He loves the sinner. He hates the sin and the iniquity, but loves the sinner. And in 1 John again 4.16 the word says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. So that alone tells us who and what God is like. Paul defines the nature of God and the attributes of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm sure you've read that chapter. It is the chapter of love. Chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, where Paul describes in detail the characteristics of the God kind of love. Let's, let's look at it. I'm going to read from the Amplified Translation, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. Love endures long and is patient and kind. That's who our Heavenly Father is. Love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. Love is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights 
or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. Folks, this is who our God is. He is loving, he is kind, he is forgiving, he is patient and altogether good. He is gracious, he is merciful and just in all of his judgments. Jesus said to his disciples that he who has seen me, he has seen the Father. So if we want to know who God is and what God is like, all we need to do is look at Jesus. Amen. What was Jesus like when he walked among men? We see that he loved people, especially sinners. Sinners never felt condemned around Jesus. They loved to be around him because he welcomed them. He loved them. And through love, he showed them the way. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He raised the dead. He delivered them from their demonic influence. And he taught them the ways of God. And the Bible says that Jesus is the express image of a loving God who cares for his creation. You see here, <clears throat> when the knowledge of who God is fills our hearts and our minds, faith is born in our hearts. And we begin to love and trust him because we've come to know him, not as the world knows him, but as the Holy Spirit and the word of God reveals him to us. And this is what humanity needs above all else, folks, to know the God of the Bible and to experience personally his love, his forgiveness through Jesus Christ, who of course made it possible for us to be reconciled to him through his sacrifice on the cross. True biblical faith begins where the knowledge of God is present. We don't have to strive or try hard to believe God. All we need to do is grow in the knowledge of God. The more you grow in knowledge, the more your faith grows. The more you grow in knowledge, the more you love God, because you get to know the kind of person he is. So the more you know him, the more you love him. The more you know him, the more you rely on him, the more you trust in him, and the more you obey him. 
Now, that's who God is. That's we, we studying the verse of scripture that we read that he who comes to God must believe that God is and that he is all that his word says he is. The second part of our text says that we must also believe that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Now, when we believe that God is a rewarder, it gives birth to expectation and inspires us to diligently seek him. We come with full expectation to be received by him, to be heard, and to be rewarded because we know that he loves us. Now, this kind of expectation from us towards God pleases him, and it causes him to respond to our requests and petitions. Now, what does it really mean to diligently seek God? I've looked up the word diligent in the dictionary, and this is what it says. To be diligent means to be constant in effort. It means to be attentive and persistent. And it also means to pursue with persevering attention. Jeremiah explains it perfectly. In Jeremiah 29 and verse 13, we read, And you will seek me, God says, and find me when you search for me with all your heart. There it is. That's what it means to seek God diligently. It means that we seek him and we pursue him with our whole heart. God rewards those who persevere in seeking him with all of the heart. And I pray that may we all become diligent seekers of God's presence. Now, here is a question that I have asked the Lord. I said, Lord, how do you reward those who diligently seek you? And the first thing that came to my mind through the spirit was this. The greatest reward we can receive from God is himself. In other words, he gives us his accompanying and tangible presence. He goes with us. That tangible manifest presence of God. So when the presence of God goes with us, the Bible says that we enter his blessed rest. What does that mean? That means we find rest from our struggles, rest from our labors, rest from our worries and anxieties, rest from our fears, and all of these things are replaced by his peace, which passes all understanding. You can be in the middle of the storm, and you are enveloped with the peace of God that passes all understanding. So the greatest reward that anyone can receive from God when we seek him is his tangible presence. When Moses sought God concerning the way 
in which he should go as he led the children of Israel out of Egypt, the Lord replied to him with these words. Listen to what the Lord said to Moses. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Rest from your enemies. To be honest, I would not dare go anywhere or undertake any mission without the assurance that God's presence goes with me. Because you don't need anything else. When the presence of God goes with you, 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 you have it made. And if God be for you, who can be against you? No one can successfully oppose you. Many years ago, when the Spirit of God gave me glimpses of my future, and he indicated to me that the time had come for me and my family to immigrate out of Zimbabwe into South Africa, down to the city of Cape Town and settle there, I struggled for many days in prayer. And Moses' prayer for guidance and direction became my prayer until the Lord spoke to my heart and reassured me that his presence would go with me and give me rest. Praise God for his word. I cannot tell you the value of the written word of God when it comes to the leadership, to the direction and the wisdom that, that we receive from God. We see therefore in the Lord's own words that his presence brings us into divine rest. One of the characteristics I believe of a mature believer is a restful attitude. He doesn't seem to be shaken easily or troubled, no matter what goes on around. He does not react to situations and he does not easily lose his peace. He has entered into the rest of God. Now, we must also remember that as we diligently seek the Lord and we experience his tangible presence with us, together with his presence comes the suffering as well. We need to understand that suffering for Christ's sake and the gospel is part and parcel of the accompanying presence of God. Jesus said that if the world hated him, they will also hate us. If they persecuted him, they will also persecute us because the disciple is not greater than his master, nor the student greater than his teacher. And remember, folks, we live in a hostile world. And this, this, the spirit of this age hates God and all that he stands for. And remember the words of the Apostle Paul who said that anyone who desires to live godly in this life will suffer persecution. So with the presence of God comes that kind of suffering. We suffer for his sake. And people may say all manner of evil against you, falsely accuse you, persecute you, hate you, because you stand out. And it's not you actually they're persecuting, it's Christ in you and his presence within you. 
I recall when I, when I was commissioned to bring the gospel uh, to my Greek country fellowmen in Zimbabwe and uh, began to preach repentance and faith, all hell broke loose. I was the beloved child of the community, Greek community in Masvingo, but when I stepped out and began to preach on a, plat on a public platform, then I became the most hated person in that community and around the Greek communities in Zimbabwe. So we need to understand that, that there comes a price also that we must pay with the presence of God. We can't have his presence without also the suffering. But I do believe, and I'm sure you do as well, that it is an honor and a privilege to suffer for his sake. The second thing the Lord rewards those who diligently seek him is divine favor. Divine favor. Favor as you go out and favor as you come in. Psalm chapter 5 verse 12 says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous, and with favor you will surround him as with a shield. I have come to experience that the favor of God is something we wear as a cloak. It shows and manifests wherever we go. It manifests in our interaction with our fellow men. It shows up in our relationships. We are entrusted by God, as well as in our trials and tests we face from day to day. When the favor of God is upon you, no one can successfully oppose you. His favor will always cause you to rise to the top, no matter what people say or do to you. And we see that as the favor of God grows on us and in us and around us, we see the extraordinary goodness of God manifesting in our lives for all to see. And so I'm sure there are more rewards than that. But when I sought God and I asked him and I put this question to him, I said, Lord, how do you reward those who diligently seek you? These are the two things that came to mind, and I thought to share them with you. And I want to encourage you not to be a casual seeker when it comes to God. Nothing is more important in this life than our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to invest in that relationship, not to be casual about it, not to be passive, not to be lazy when it comes to seeking God but to diligently seek him early in the morning, throughout the day, inquiring of him, Lord, how do you want me to deal with this? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to live my day? How do you want me to deal with this difficult person that is causing havoc in my life? Show me. God loves it when we seek him, inquire of him, and we give him no rest, small things and great things. And remember that the only thing that, that we're going to take with us into eternity is our relationship with Christ and what we've done through him in this life. Our works will follow us. And so I want to encourage you tonight or this morning, wherever you are, 
don't don't be lazy don't be casual or passive when it comes to seeking the lord build your relationship build your altar of prayer learn and we learn by practice that's how we learn we can listen to sermons we can read books but ultimately is when we get into the prayer closet alone with god him and us in private in secret and there we pour our hearts out to him we seek him we inquire of him amen father we thank you we give you praise that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you you richly reward those who are diligent who are inquiring of you who are seeking you passionately and consistently help us we pray that we all become such diligent seekers of your presence bring us to a place of rest so that we may or rather that you may work your own works your own purposes as we surrender our lives to you we ask this in the mighty name of jesus amen and amen thank you for listening to this message for additional resources or more information about this ministry come and visit us at alpha omega int.org.za